0: wonderful independence day weekend and uh we're glad to have you back here for this edition of believe in titans podcast as we continue to roll through the off season with denard walker denard how are you
2: i'm doing great david how are you and john doing
0: i'm doing great and john glennon of course john how are you
1: i am well and yourself
0: doing doing good thank you we uh we talked 2 weeks ago at length about Jeffrey Simmons and and his contract situation. Uh, of course, the Titans have picked up his 5th year option, meaning he's under their control right now through 2023. AJ Brown, of course, the second round pick in the 2019 draft is now in Philadelphia, but there are there are three others from that draft class. I mean, this was a uh, this was a big time draft for John Robinson and the Titans. And, uh, you know, third round pick Nate Davis is, is the starting right guard. Fourth round pick Amani hooker is the, uh, starting safety opposite Kevin Byard and sixth round pick David long acquired with a, with a pick from Miami in the, uh, in the Ryan Tannehill trade is, uh, is a starter at inside linebacker. So, you know, all, all good, all important players right now, let's, uh, let's look at these three from the perspective of hypothetically the situation dictates that you can only sign one to a contract extension this off season prior, prior to the, the start of the season, John Glennon, I'll start with you. Who's it going to be and why?
1: Ooh, on the hot seat immediately. Ah, oh, all right. A little pressure here to start off. Um, I like, you know, I, I, I think certainly the one who is contributing the most right now in that group is probably Amani Hooker or perhaps playing, um, playing best of of that group right now. You know, I think he's, he's been an excellent compliment to Kevin Bayard. You know, he's really stepped up almost each year. You've seen some type of growth in his game that said, however, If I'm only going to be able to re-sign one, I'm actually not going to go with Amani Hooker. I'm going to go with Nate Davis, uh, which might be a little surprise. Reasoning, um, you know, there's a lot of stability right now on the Titans offensive line. You know, we've still got two positions that are open. We don't know how long, you know, Taylor Lewan and and Ben Jones are going to be uh, playing, you know, both veterans and, and, uh, you know, both getting up in years a bit. Uh, So I'd like some stability on that offensive line moving forward. Nate Davis provides that. Uh, You know, I think he took a little bit of a step back last year in terms of his overall game. But I think a lot of that had to do with two bouts of COVID. You know, at, at least one, probably two concussions that kept him out for three games. So if you can get uh, him back to that level that he was kind of moving towards in, in 2020, I like his game. I like the fact that you can kind of anchor part of the line around him moving forward. So it's a, it's a tough call for me between Hooker and Davis. I lean with Davis, and I don't mean to throw shade at David Long because he's great, but I do see Monty Rice on the depth chart as well as a potential
0: future replacement there. Denard Walker, same question to you. You can only keep – you can only sign one of these three guys for past this season. Uh,
2: Well, you know what? Uh, Obviously what, John, you know, obviously he is a uh, offensive-minded guy, so (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) – I figured he was going to say that. But I love – I love David Long Jr. I love his play, but I'm as a former secondary guy. I'm gonna go with my man Amani Hooker, the former fourth rounder out of Iowa. And this is why I would say I would sign him, is because there's three names. And when I look at these three, I'm talking about Roger McCurry, your second round pick this year in 2022. I talk about Christian Fulton, your your second round pick just what a couple of years ago. And then your man Caleb Farley. So, again, you got these three young corners. So when I have three young corners, that scares the heck out of me if I'm a defensive back coach. And what I need to cover up their flaws, I need two experienced safeties. you got one of the best duos in the NFL. Other than Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, who's better than these two? I don't even think those two at Buffalo are better than Amani Amani Cooker and Kevin Byard. Listen, when I was reading something the other day and it – it was called completion rate against the pass. And so the first two years it had hooker a money at 82.6 to 68.6. Now I don't even read stats because I think stats are misleading, but anytime when you're talking about a player been production it's when those numbers start going down. That's a good thing for a defensive back. And what I love about this group, I love the chemistry between these two. So when I have a young secondary, I have an experienced defensive line. I have two great linebackers. But what I fear the most is two inexperienced corners uh, other than Christian Fulton. And I need those guys at time uh, for someone to cover up their flaws. And again, you got two of the best back there. So I'm going, I'm signing Amani Hooker right away
0: yeah it, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion because a lot of the a lot of times these decisions aren't made based on how good a guy is and and in this case they're they're obviously all good productive players but it's it's do you have somebody to replace them you know mike rabel says it all the time you're always looking to get younger and and cheaper and uh and and david long i i I think uh i I think we all agree a a terrific player physical presence there in in the linebacker group but you drafted monty rice last year who looks like he he's a a a really similar player and, and uh and assuming that that he shows more of that this year, you're going to be willing to let David long walk and and have Monty Rice step in there for the next two years because you've already done a deal with Zach Cunningham to where he's going to he's presumably going to be locked into his position for a couple of years that being said there there is nobody to take Nate Davis's place right now who's younger and cheaper but do you want to spend big money on a guard when, as John, you pointed out, Taylor Luan is, isn't getting any younger. Ben Jones isn't getting any younger. You know, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to spend on a left tackle one way or another, whether it's draft capital, whether it's free agent dollars somewhere. Um, and, and then you go to Amani Hooker where you just drafted Theo Jackson this year. And you think, well, okay, well maybe Theo Jackson can step in there. Um, but I almost feel like Jackson is the guy who's going to force Kevin Byard out eventually. Probably not. It's certainly not this year, probably not next year, but maybe, you know, maybe in, in 2024, they, you say, well, Theo Jackson's ready and Kevin Byard, as great as you have been, um, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get a lot cheaper at that spot. So I, I'm kind of contradicting myself a, a little bit here with this, but I think that's uh I think I'm going to go with Amani Hooker with the idea that he and Theo Jackson will be paired together for, for years on the other side of this after Hooker, you know, to your point, Denard fin- plays another couple of years with, uh, w- with Bayard behind a, a young group of cornerbacks there. But uh, it's uh, it, it, you know, I, I would assume, and I, I would assume, at least one of these guys is going to get a deal. Don't, don't we think? Uh, um, Denardi, I mean, some, I mean, we, of course, Simmons is going to get a deal, but one of these guys has to, at least one of these guys has to get one too. Doesn't he?
2: Well, yeah, look at it. I mean, let's just look at last year team. I mean, look at who were your pro bowl players last year. It was Kevin Bard and Roger Saffold, right? Those were your 2000, the two guys, the two individuals that you had to make this uh, pro bowl. Well, Roger Saffold is in Minnesota. He's out.
0: In Buffalo, Dan Quisenberry,
2: actually. yeah. Dan Quisenberry was your right tackle last year. He's in Buffalo. Rashawn Evans, again, we knew Rashawn. They didn't. They you knew that they were not going to sign him to a fifth year extension. So he's in Atlanta now. And Jay Young Brown. So two of your starting linebackers are in Atlanta and Las Vegas. And the way the game is played is every year. Someone told me this, and it's very simple is they have a draft for a reason. The reason for the draft is to replace people that are already there. <laughs> that is an unfortunate, <laughs> it's, you know, and when I, when I heard that it's true. So once again, we know that probably two of these, at least two of these players are going to be gone next year. That's just the way the business works. That's the business side of the game. So again, I mean, if it's a money, cause it, and it, it also depends on production. It depends on how production a player is that season. So if he has a bad year, that can end up hurting him. If he has a good year, again, there's 31 other teams that might be looking for strong safety, so you just don't know.
0: Yeah, John, that, that brings up a good point. Is the reality that these three guys are all playing for a contract this, this season? I, I mean, is there, is there a chance that none of them get an extension prior to the season and, and all of them are sort of playing for their Titans' lives in one way or another this season?
1: Uh, Certainly possible you know I mean there are certain guys that we've looked at uh, you know over the years whether it's 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 Jeffrey Simmons or Taylor Lewan or or Kevin Byard and you say absolutely no question these guys will get uh, an extension before their contract is done. These guys don't necessarily fit into the absolutely certain but certainly all playing well enough and playing key enough roles that you could see it happening. You know one thing that that comes to mind for me, and and this may or may not play into the decision uh, as well. But you know, you've got the Titans spending an awful lot of money uh, on defense already. I mean, you've got Dupree's salary, you've got Landry's salary, Simmons at some point is going to have a whopper of a salary. bayard has got a, a, a big salary as well. You know, uh, if you're going to add Hooker to that group, you know that's a that's a ton of of, of big salaries defensively you know for a team that's probably going to be rebuilding offensively and is going to need some some cash on that side of the ball too so you know maybe that uh, that factors in as well i still think they get one of these guys done uh before the year and uh you know let the let the figures flow uh from that point
0: can't help but think though too as as good as that 2019 draft class has been that that the titans missed an opportunity with their 20 and 21. I mean, if they had, if, I mean, both those classes sort of, I, I think you would rank as to this point, at least below average overall. And if, uh, you know, if if they had been average to above average, given as good as 2019 was, they could have, they could have really set themselves up for, uh, uh, you know, it, to have been better than they were last year and to be talked about sort of differently right now than they than they're being talked about but uh yeah. I, mean, Although it, I I
1: do think also that there are still some question marks you know in those draft class classes right. you know obviously you know Caleb Farley you know Rashad Weaver um you know some other guys even even the two receivers you know maybe there's some more that we haven't seen yet um but yeah you're you're absolutely right i mean that that 2019 class came in boom was making an impact right away and there was no doubt about it we're still waiting especially you know, that wasn't looking too good there but 2021 at least you say okay you know there, there's there's some questions that still have to be answered
0: yeah yeah the, yeah the book is not written on them but but that 2019 class should have been a foundational class that uh the, the, and it, and let's face it, it's not like this team has been garbage since then. I mean, nine and seven, and and twelve and five, a, a you know, couple division titles, and you know, all that. So it, it it the there has been a payoff, but you can't help but think that the payoff couldn't or could have been bigger than it's been had the uh, had the subsequent drafts been better. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of drafts and uh we'll i know actually not drafts let's let's switch to the other side of the ball since we all talked a lot about a money hooker in the defense here let's talk about the the wide receiver group which uh we've kind of talked about these guys individually let's let's talk a little bit collectively obviously we don't know what traylon burks is going to do we don't know how healthy robert woods is going to be uh another rookie uh kyle phillips is uh is that right, Kyle Phillips. Why am yeah. I losing his name right there? I, yeah. I'm, that. Forgive me. That that. Uh, but Kyle Phillips is uh, is in the mix, and you've got uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina, of course, who's uh, Mister Swiss Army Knife. I, I think I think we can all agree those four are going to be on the roster. Beyond that, you've got guys. John, you mentioned the last year's wide receivers and dead Fitzpatrick, Racy, McMath. You've got Mason Kinsey and, and Cody Hollister who have kicked around the practice squad for a couple of years. How many wide receivers could, should this team carry into the season? And, and who among that group is, uh, is most likely to, to nail down a roster spot and why? I'll start with you, Denard Walker.
2: Well, uh, let's see how many guys last year did they take uh, into the regular season? It depends on that staff. Was, uh, I believe
1: it was, it was seven,
2: I think. Seven. So seven yeah. players. So, But, but
0: a couple of years ago it was, it was five, I think. Uh, yeah. it, it, uh, yeah. You know, it, it, that, that seems to be a position where they feel like they can play with the number a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And each team varies. You know, I know when I was in Denver, they had probably about five players that, you know, they would take into the season, but Again, uh, John, it seems like you and David are very high on Cal Phillips, so I'm going to lock him in as my number four. And I was kind of going through the uh, the other names and the other players, excuse me, Dennis Fitzpatrick, Racing McMath, Cody Hollister, Josh Malone, Reggie Roberson Sr., Mason Kinsey, Juwan Green. And, well, right now there's no Will Fuller siding, so I haven't got my wish. Uh, <laughs> Odell <laughs> Beckham is not in there. early. early. I know Odell Beckham. And of course, I know, uh, David, you uh, alluded to uh, Julio Jones. I mean, could he be back uh, uh, in 2022? I mean, it's a possibility because and I was looking and I said, well, and John, you and David know this better than I do because y'all are there in camps. But when I look at this receiving court and I look at Robert Woods coming off of an ACL injury, I'm saying to myself, will he be 100 percent by week one? And we've talked about Traylon Burks. I mean, it seems like every podcast we've been through. And I looked and I said, well, if Robert Woods is not ready to go, and let's say Traylon Burks is not up to par, guess who your starting receivers possibly can be? You're talking about Nick Westbrook Akine, who is a consistent receiver, but it could be Des Fitzpatrick, your fourth rounder from last year. And then after that, let's just say Traylon Burks is not ready. He, he's still having issues with uh, his asthma. Uh, it looks like his backup could either be Kyle Phillips or Racy McMath, your sixth rounder from a year ago, could step into the starting lineup because after those two or three, you, that, that's that's the core of your receivers. And I was looking, and I'm saying, out of those two guys, who do you? Uh, excuse me, out of those uh, guys that I, players that I just mentioned, excuse me, Fitzpatrick, Racy McMath. I'm going with those two because you drafted those individuals for a reason. You drafted Des Fitzpatrick high because when he was coming out of Louisville, he showed that potential to be good. He showed that, but he's not great. And what better coach when you're talking about Des Fitzpatrick and Racing McMath, you think about Rob Moore. I mean, their body size are similar. Rob is a big what 6'3", 230. I played against Rob when he was at Arizona and I played with him when he was at Denver. So he can get in there and if he could just get those guys up to par, show them how to create separation with their bodies, because that is an asset. When you're that big, let's not forget that this is going to be a key factor. in. Uh, will these two be there next year? Is the fact that can they play special teams? How more? How much more can you do? So if I'm racing McMath, that's what his strongest attribute when he, they drafted him was his ability to play special teams. So who's going to have a say in that? Could be special teams coach Craig Ackerman, and who? Which one of these guys are we going to keep? Because right now this receiving core, I mean, you you just don't know. There's a lot of question marks.
0: John Glennon, who do who do you like among that group? What what's the What's the magic number you think?
1: Magic number, I think to me right now has to be seven. Um, and the reasoning, I, I think, because you still have question marks with Robert Woods, with Traylon Burks, and you know maybe those question marks are answered by the end of camp, and maybe you can cut uh, one one spot there. But as of now, I think it has to be seven uh, because you want to have backups. Uh, you know, I think the four that we've mentioned, yes, I, I believe they're locks. Kyle Phillips, not necessarily because he's been a tremendous showing uh, in the offseason, but he's a potential return guy. He's a draft pick. They're going to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. So I think he's a lock. But after the the sort of the big four, I, I you know, I, I think number five to me in terms of priority that they keep is is Racing McMath. And Denard, I think you hit uh, the nail on the head there, special teams. Uh, You know, Racing McMath is a guy that plays a lot of special teams. You know how much an emphasis the Titans have put on special teams. And I think that's really going to help him, um, you know, secure a spot there. Then it gets interesting to me, um, you know, I'll, I'll give, you know, Des Fitzpatrick certainly didn't have a banner rookie season. In fact, he was cut coming out of training camp. But you know, I, I I think I've heard enough encouraging words uh, about this offseason. You know, Rob Moore, uh, you know, has is, is pumped him up pretty well, and and Mike Vrabel has talked about his maturity, how he's you know grown in that respect also. So I'll give him six, and then number seven, I'm going with I'm going with the hometown kid. Uh, I'm going Josh Malone here. Uh, um, you know, and it's a tight call. You know, because Cody Hollister is another guy who's had three, four years in this system. You know, he's contributed. He can play special teams as well. But I sort of like the the potential upside of Josh Malone, even though he didn't even play in the NFL last year. He was on a couple special or a couple of practice squads. Didn't actually uh, suit up for a game. But you know, when when Rob Moore says things like he's ecstatic about what he has seen from Josh Malone here during the offseason, we've seen him flash. We've seen some big catches during the off season from him. And I, I still think there's that upside, you know, of a fourth round pick years ago. It has not panned out so far, but, you know, he's another guy, big guy, uh, you know, can, can do some things. And we've, we've seen him excel. Maybe now he's, he's on his, you know, is his third NFL team, his full NFL team, not just a practice squad. Uh, um, you know, maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the trick for him. He's back in his home state in his home region, feeling good about himself, I'll slide the hometown kid in there. Josh Malone at number seven.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dispel this one myth right off the bat. I I, I know I've seen some of this on social media. People are talking about what a great training camp battle it's going to be between Mason Kinsey <laughs> and Kyle Phillips for the uh, the slot receiver spot. And uh, you know, Mason Kinsey is is a is a nice guy. He's an easy guy to root for. You love his story. A division 3 guy who, you know, who been was told at every turn you you're not going to make it. He, he you know, he he told the story at one point last season, even when he was in college, he he had to write like a paper about his career aspirations or something and and he told the his teacher what he was going to write and and the teacher told him no you got to pick an actual job and he said <laughs> no i you know I'm, I'm going to be i'm going to be in the NFL and 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 you know you you really admire his determination and and all that but uh but i mean he is going to have to be way better than than kyle phillips you know to take a spot away from a fifth round pick there and, and i just you know that that's just not gonna happen but uh i, I think you know racy mcmath is is sort of the the he's the guy who's going to make the number if the number is five mcmath's going to make it six if the number six mcmath is going to make it seven because i think you keep him as a special teams guy first and then you know you you throw him into the offense as you need him, because uh, I mean, that, that was sort of the book on him coming out of LSU. He was, uh, he was, you know, he's a great gunner, big body, all, all those sorts of things. And uh, so I, he he's going to, he's going to be in the number, but I think he's actually going to be a special teamer more than a wide receiver. The, The guy who, who intrigues me, and I think his time might come is Cody Hollister. And I and I think back, you know, this is a guy who was undrafted in twenty seventeen. He's been in the league five years now and is and has played in just ten games. And and I think back, remember the the New York Mets pitcher, Anthony Young, who's who was like 0-20 or 0-24 or something like that one season back in the, the late 80s, early 90s, whenever it was. And, and and all the discussion was you have to be really good to be that bad, because anybody else you know, would have been sent to the minor leagues at some point, but uh, you know, he he was good enough that they kept trotting him out, and he kept getting beaten. That's kind of what I feel like Cody Hollister is. He he's good enough. If he's good enough that he's been around this long, it, it, you know, eventually you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play him. And uh, I, I thought he was off to a good start in camp last year. Got got hurt fairly early, and and was was. Almost, we it was pretty much. I thought he was done for the year. They actually, they actually waived him with an injury settlement. Resigned him later. Brought him back, and, and he got into got into three games late in the year. But the the one thing I will not forget, and I don't know how many people realize this, in 2019, he played in five games, first five games in his career, and the second one was December 1st of that year at Indianapolis. It was Ryan Tannehill's fifth or sixth start. I think it was his sixth start. And Cody Hollister played two snaps on offense in that game and just two and came out of that game with two catches for 13 yards. So that, that says to me that, you know, that, that's a guy that the quarterback knows. That's a guy that the quarterback sees when he's out there. And, and at 6'4, 216 pounds, he's that big body. You You assume is, is willing and able to block in the run game, the way this team likes. So, Uh, You know, Cody Hollister is is the guy that that really intrigues me. And I think if he stays healthy in camp, this is this is going to be his chance to to earn a roster spot. We'll see. uh, But we'll see how that plays out. It is going to be uh, it is going to be one of those one of those fun numbers games, I think, when it comes down to the, the the final 53 man roster there.
1: David, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked, of course, first off, that that you did not uh, even mention the true, true dark horse at the wide receiver position, former SMU standout, <laughs> Reggie Roberson, your school, yeah. your guy, Reggie Roberson. Guy. I, yeah. I am I am a little bit intrigued by him, I, I have to say, just because of the numbers that he put up in college and the speed he has. Yeah. Uh, you know, his last year in college, the numbers weren't as good because that was his first year coming back. From ACL, but if he can get that speed back, um, you know, and, and he's a potential return guy too. We know how much the Titans need speed, so I'm I'm kind of curious to get a get a little bit more of a look at him at training camp. Certainly not a favorite to win a roster spot, but but uh, interesting guy to take a look at.
0: Yeah, the the it, it seems to me though the the general approach under John Robinson and Mike Frabel is you start with what you know. And, you know, you, you stock these guys on the practice squad and, and and give them their opportunities a little later rather than give them their opportunities. Roberson does look like a guy who would probably get an opportunity at some point, just just not right out of the gate. Last week we talked a lot about the Indianapolis Colts, what, uh, what they have that, that kind of scares you. And, and certainly the Colts look like the, the Titans' chief opposition for the for first place in this division but there are two other teams and this week we'll take a look at uh we'll take a look at one another one of those the, the jacksonville jaguars specifically um funny you know funny sort of team they uh they were in the afc championship game not all that long ago and uh and looked like they had turned a corner have, have been a miserable franchise since gone through a couple head coaches they're they're on another new one this year but uh Denard Walker, what, uh, if you're the Titans and you're you're doing your off-season work on the Jaguars, what scares you about them?
2: Nothing, nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> other other than a coaching change, I mean, of course, the great Urban Myers out, so we're not going to have uh, a lot of discussion about um, some soaps that we can uh, eventually talk about. But you got Doug Peterson in. I think that's a huge hire. I like Doug Peterson. I actually played... Uh, Doug played in the league for a long time, about ten years. He was Brett Far backup. He was the backup quarterback, in- and you got to understand, Doug, Coach Peterson comes from that uh, Andy Reid cut. You know, he's a very smart man. He knows how to develop quarterbacks, and he knows how to put players in position to succeed. Look what he did at Philly in 2017. He won a Super Bowl. So, again, that's been the, really the most intriguing hire in the league for me is you bringing in, in a really solid football coach. And, and as far as the players that they've added on, uh, listen, I, I oh, this, the situation with Christian Kirk, I know he had a big year. Uh, last year in Arizona he's a slot receiver he's not a number one receiver but again they paid him some I don't know how much money was it some 80 million 84 million dollars over four years for a guy that even put up what a thousand yards so again you bring in defensively uh, Darius Williams and Shaquille Griffin but the key to that team what really scares me and I'm gonna say this Uh, John and David is Arden Key I've been a big fan of Arden since he was a San Francisco unfortunately he's had a lot of issues off the field but if he can get his act together he can be one of the most dominating defensive players uh, on the field and in this league so again it's it's gonna that is an intriguing signing so again just the addition of Arden Key that's going to be huge for that defense uh, for Jacksonville
0: John Glennon, what what do you see that that you like, or if you're the Titans, would concern you about Jacksonville?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think the thing that that stood out about Jacksonville most was off season is that they spent an, a ridiculous, an outrageous uh, amount of money. Uh, you know, I, I want to say it wound up being what like two hundred and seventy million dollars mm-hmm. uh, in, in free agency, which was far more than than any other team, um, and they overpaid a lot. Yes. But at the same time. I think they certainly got better uh, as well. You know, we could say it's a low bar uh, based on what Jacksonville was last year. But, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons to kind of like offensively, you know, what, what Jacksonville uh, should be better at this year. You know, Trevor Lawrence has a year uh, NFL experience under his belt. And, and as you mentioned, in our, he's now working under Doug Peterson as opposed to Urban Meyer. Big, big difference. Let's remember they're getting Travis Etienne back at running back, missed all of last year, you know, should be a, should be a good uh, talent in the, in the backfield wide receivers. Again, did they overpay? Absolutely. Christian Kirk, but uh, they did Zay Jones. They did, but yet you have those guys and you add Marvin Jones, not a bad little group there. Evan Ingram, you brought in as a, as a tight end again, probably overpaid for him, but, but you're better certainly. Uh, so I think they've made some strides, and they've added some on the offensive line, too. And then you flip it over on defense, and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, the number one pick over all in the draft, uh, Trayvon Walker, uh, lining up across from Josh Allen on that defensive line. That's a couple of pretty good edge rushers. And, uh, you know, they, they brought in two guys, uh, neither who's, uh, of whose names I really feel comfortable uh, pronouncing, uh, but both of them, I think, are going to be good on the D-line. Uh, Foley Fotukasi was one of the best uh, defensive line additions out there. I think he's going to be a, a good player. And uh, the inside linebacker, Foye Oluokun, is my best guess. Uh, I'm, I'm sure i butchered it to heck. Uh, but he led the NFL in tackles last year. Uh, he's going to come in there at inside linebacker. So, you know, uh, uh, do I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be contending for the the title in the AFC South? No, but I do think they are going to be noticeably better because of the personnel changes and the coaching changes.
0: Yeah. I I, I would say the, the the biggest concern for me, if I'm the Titans is it, it looks like Jacksonville has a plan. You know, they, 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 this is not the first year they have spent big in free agency, but, but it felt like in previous years, they sort of, they sort of spent just to spend and, and every, every move, you know now clearly they 're not all going to work out but but you can sort of see what it 's designed and if you just look at the uh, if you just look at the the pass receivers they got specifically, you know Zay Jones has never set the world on fire, but the one thing you know Zay Jones can do is he can run down the field fast right christian kirk didn't didn 't put up the any kind of massive numbers, but Christian Kirk is a classic slot receiver he 's going to be that guy for them marvin jones is is a is a proven route runner of a, a veteran guy with savvy who kn- who knows how to get open evan ingram's a, a you know a good sized tight end with with good speed maybe he doesn't blow you away with any of his physical skills but he has he has produced in league and you can see how they all fit together in a route tree for example to to help trevor lawrence so i i think uh I, and i think some of the defensive moves are are similar in that uh you know you you sort of see why exactly these guys were brought in and and uh it's not just oh let's spend money get players and and then see what we have so uh that and john you mentioned travis Etienne. i i think uh i think he's a he's a fascinating player that you know you got nothing out of last year but uh, a, a guy you can use a lot of different ways on offense in combination with james robinson who's who has given the titans some trouble over the years so i think uh um, you know, I, I think this is – this, this, they might be one of the more interesting teams. Uh, and, and I'll ask you we'll, – we'll go around real quickly. Uh, Denard, what, like what kind of win total do you think is reasonable to expect for Jacksonville this year?
2: Uh, well, how many games did they win last year? Was it, uh, it three? Was yeah, it – I, I
0: don't got have it, it really right fun. here. Hold on.
2: It was probably, what, about four games that they won total.
0: If, yeah, if that four and thirteen
2: was, last year, they
0: were so, uh, they were three and fourteen last three year.
2: Three and four. Oh, it's not that much of a difference. <laughs> so if you so if you're three and fourteen and you talk with all these uh, talking about all of these additions to La- Laquan Treadmill, again, he's a new sheriff in town. We saw him in Mississippi. I th- I think he's kind of on the back end of his career, but I think he needs to prove himself. I think he's a huge addition. Christian Kirk. I thought they. They got their receiving core; it's a lot stronger. I thought uh, defensively, Tyson Campbell, their first round in 2021. He struggled last year. They bring in two more cornerbacks: and Darius Williams, Shaquille Griffin. I see this team possibly going. They'll win at least three more games. I really believe next year they'll they can put win six games.
0: John Glennon, what what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, you know, I'll, I'll not. Uh, I don't have their schedule right in front of me, so I can't go through game by game, but yeah, just off the top of my head, I, I would think six, even seven wins, uh, you know, is credible. I, I think it's a better, uh, a noticeably better uh, group of players. And, and they'll certainly uh, be under a better system and a better, better coaching uh, situation there.
0: I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven or eight. I think they're going to be just shy of, of 500 and, uh, you know, if if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback that a lot of people think he is, they could uh, they could be dangerous quickly here. But uh but still I think we agree not a uh not a legitimate challenger to the uh the Titans spot atop that division. And that will do it for today. That is a uh, that is a quick half hour plus, but uh but we have uh an enjoyable conversation as always we hope you have enjoyed it uh we will do it again next week denard walker you have a good week thank you sir. you too thank you john glennon t- until next week
1: sounds good see you guys
0: okay and i'm david beauclair thank you everyone again for listening to all titans or excuse me believe in titans podcast and we will talk to you next week